Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the president, please send them to pip at christiancentershreveport.com. We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today, but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. And good morning, good morning, everyone. Zach Karskaden coming to you live from North Carolina. And today we want to let go of the hidden grief uh, that may be in our lives that we're not aware about. Um, And it's really, really something important as we move not only further along in this current term of presidency, but in other future battles coming up in the days ahead of not being focused on what the Lord needs us to stay focused on. And I want to go through scripture today of giving a, a, a huge example of something David went through where he was challenged with uh, one of the hardest things in his life, the death of his son Absalom, and in Second uh, Samuel 19, where Absalom was one who loved those who hated him and hated those who loved him. And David even talks about that. And And I'll pull it up here. And kind of go through this a little bit because it's it's important for us to remember and, and really understand that in this season we have the opportunity um, as generations past have had uh, as well to take a stand and to be able to stand and spread the gospel of the kingdom to the nations. And, and we it's, it's simple, but it's also – it's a thing that takes – focus um, and staying on the wall for what the Lord has called us for. And in going back to 2 Samuel 18 is David and the kings of Israel and Judah were at war, um, some against each other and other kings as well. And Absalom was one of them um, who was against him. And David sent out his leaders Joab being one of them, and Absalom was hanging from a tree, and Joab was able to to stab him um, even after David didn't ask him to. But then he says this, going on into verse um, chapter 19, verse 2, um, after it was told to, to Joab, Behold, the king is weeping and mourns for Absalom. Verse 2, the victory that day was turned to mourning for all the people for the grief heard it and said that day that the king is grieved for his son. And he goes on to talk about how um, what was told to, to to Joab and what the king was saying is that um, today you have covered your shame for the faces of all your servants who today have saved your life and the lives of your sons and daughters, the lives of your wives, the lives of your conquerors concubines by loving those he's talking about absalom here by loving those who hate you and by hating those who love you for you have shown today that the princes and servants are nothing to you for i know that this day of absalom were alive all of us um were dead today then you would be pleased so we're we're seeing here that david is is 
is focusing on something that is getting him off base because later on it goes to talk about how David is restored as king. Um, he understands that the, the tribes of Israel and Judah are, are disputing about who should be king, what should happen, and David, he, he tells him, he's like, do you not know that I am not, I am king? And so here David is, is focusing on something that while, yes, it is it is horrible for his son to to have passed, but it is also one of those things where is is he focusing on the right thing? Is he is he grieving something um, that it, it could pull him away from what he he should be? And we want to in in this day and age stay focused because those who want another agenda are are focusing on something else, and and, and they're making sure that what they're standing for. What they're fighting for is the main thing on purpose, and despite little victories here and there or defeats in their part, um, they're they're staying focused, continuing the same fight they fought for 50 years uh, and beyond to to make sure that something that they feel um, is is necessary to stand, which stands against um, biblical moral values. At that, okay. Now I want to dive into the news a little bit. With that foundation, and there's a few things I want to talk about, and then we'll dive into broader news. Of un- the sad news yesterday, I want to pray for the family of Jackie Wolarski and two of her um, aides, uh, Zachary Potts, and there was somebody else, I forget, Emma Tom- Thomas, um, her comms director. Um, we're in a car and we're hit on head head on uh, by someone driving in in the opposite direction. In her own district in Indiana, um, it seems like they were dead on impact, uh, on a head-on collision, and so her family is uh, mourning the loss. And we just want to stand with her, um, and the family of even her aides there, and even the person who unfortunately lost her life um, in this car crash. It's just something sad to see as as someone who was on uh, one of the head chairman on the uh, ethics committee and someone who served the Lord as a missionary in Romania um, and, and really really what my brief understanding is is was standing up for biblical moral values and her husband seems to be in a good place he put out a statement saying she has returned home to be with her Lord and Savior uh, but ultimately just keep her and her family and, and those involved. And so we want to definitely do that um, as well as finding out from the White House physician that uh, President Biden for the fifth day in a row has um, tested positive for COVID. It's he, they're saying he relapsed. In, in reality, it's the same. Uh, it's a second relapse, but it's the same one, and it's just continuing further on. Um, in the letter – uh, I want to pull it up here. They actually he talks about how if you can read it, um, the physician uh, Kevin O'Connor talks about how the president continues to feel well. This morning exam was conducted after the president finished the light workout, which he enjoyed, um, experiencing occasional coughing, but less frequently than yesterday. Uh, remains fever free. Basically, he's just testing positive. There's nothing really wrong with him. Um. It's just he keeps testing positive. Some believe it's because of Plaxivid. Um, 
which may not necessarily be wrong about that, but they're also keeping him in, in isolation away from everybody. He's quote unquote continuing to work, whatever that means. Um, as obviously his handlers follow through with him. And this is one of those things of where we got to be careful not to be happy that he got it. And I'm seeing this across a lot of social media spectrums of people and, and interacting with people. If people are glad he got it or making fun of him because he got it, it's look, he's still the president of the United States. Like he needs to be fully operational, fully functional, even though, you know, we may have disputes uh, about how he got there. Uh, is at the end of the day is 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 look we want want him to do well in his job because um, him doing well means america does well and if we were happy that he's doing poorly that means america is doing poorly like that's just uh, oxymoronic um and something that as believers we we should kind kind of have a better handle of our emotions um in that aspect all right moving on i want to go high le- level over these um stories today because I have a lot to get to, um, want to go somewhat deep, but again, stay high level as best as I possibly can. Um, so first off, we want to continue following the story of Nancy Pelosi in her trip to Taiwan. What we do know is that um, Taiwan is now bracing for Chinese punishment as uh, fighter planes from Chinese government has been flown near and in around Taiwan. Uh, response planes from Taiwan have been sent out. China has started to shoot off missiles. That was actually confirmed this morning um, where they're firing ballistic missiles into Taiwanese water. And a big, a huge threat of what could possibly happening as the Chinese authorities have before told um, the president uh, before any of this happened and saying that those who play with fire will perish by it. Um, and basically China is, is warning the United States not to do anything. They're announcing uh, joint air-sea drill drills near uh, Taiwan. Uh, they started Tuesday night that are going to go on until Sunday. Um, and so what what is that going to come up of? Uh, there's also a bill that is in committee right now. Um, in increasing aid towards Taiwan, so we're increasing aid in Ukraine and Taiwan, and now with the um, NATO vote to add in Sweden and Finland, is now we're going to be we're we're going to be pulled in both directions, uh, similar to World War II. Uh, Josh Hawley's like we can't do this. Um, just pray for wisdom for military leaders and and this administration involving this because this is this is a a tipping point. Uh, potentially that they're going to need wisdom on now and in the days ahead. Um, something we do, and, and before I move on, uh, we want to continue to pray for again. Remember, we have to remember Anthony Blinken is in meetings in the, in, in Cambodia with other Asia Pacific leaders for the rest of this week, and so he's getting to see the temperature of the room with these leaders what what is their stance so when he comes back and as he reports back to the white house is let's just pray that the white house listens to him let's pray that um he is able to uh hear very clearly uh, a plan of wisdom and revelation from the lord to be able to 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 voice it back to the white house and and hopefully that the white house can listen to him um, in this season, he's not a perfect man, but he is a man in the position to be able to 
communicate and negotiate with other foreign leaders around the world. And so he is the person involved in these discussions and negotiations with these Asia Pacific countries as China starts to increase its military action towards Taiwan and possibly dragging America and other countries into a dispute. Now, something more domestic, something we need to repent of is that the Biden administration has recently, yesterday, signed an executive order uh, in an attempt to help quote-unquote low-income women pay for abortions if they have to cross lines. Basically, they're they're using an executive order to pay for Medicare expenses of abortions after Roe v. Wade got over. Now, there are some discrepancies about that that even – ABC News is pointing out, and it says it remained unclear how this change to Medicaid coverage would avoid legal run-ins with the Hyde Amendment, a federal law that prohibits federal government dollars from being spent on abortion, except in the case of rape, incest, and to save the pregnant person's life. And so we see yesterday how the DOJ in its lawsuit in Idaho um, was trying to say that, well, the only option for – the mother and the child in case of loss of life, quote-unquote, is abortion. So you're seeing kind of a, a, trying to create a carve-out here uh, of how to continue to have these operations, these abortions continuing to flow and the dollars themselves to flow towards it. So it's a huge legal, legal discrepancies um, potentially in this bill, but yet they signed it and put it out. Uh, in trying to help. There's some reports that they'll even be international travel for people who are in certain states. Um, if it's easier for them to go to like Panama or something like that to be able to get abortion, that taxpayer funds will, will go towards that. It's like completely preposterous to even consider, um, but yet it's still there. And so we just – we want to repent for the Biden administration for signing this, for activating this um, in the spirit and, and, and fund use, trying to use federal funds to fund abortions. Uh, just completely at sidestepping the laws that are on the books and, and and standing for death. It's just something we need to repent of as the church because, again, there are some people within the body of Christ who actually want um, to stand for this, and they use Scripture um, out of context as the reasoning for it. Um, so we just want to continue to pray for that. And then one of the last things, and I kind of want to go through this at a deeper level, We've been we for those who've been following along. I know most of you have who who listen live. Those who listen on replay um, podcast, we had a dream quite a while ago, uh, warning us about going down this Bernie Sanders agenda. And the reason we want to stay on this point on the wall. I know it seems tedious and maybe nauseating at times, but when there are those who are staying focused, who despite defeats in the past, aren't letting the griefs and failures of the past hold them back. They're continuing to press forward, to overcome. They're being more um, Christ-like minded, uh, uh, being overcomers than some believers are and to some extent. And we want to continue to be able to stand up, pray against, inform uh, those who have the choice to be able to make uh, on these votes in standing against this Bernie Sanders agenda that we have shown to cripple the next three to four generations. And I want to start off by blowing this whole um, Manchin-Schumer tax bill 
the Inflationary Reduction Act to the water. The Daily Signal put out a report from Preston Brashers, who works for the Heritage Foundation, focused on tax policy, looked at this bill um, as best he could, looking at um, estimates from the Joint Committee on Taxation, the Congressional Budget Office, and estimates from the IRS itself. So estimates found from increasing so, so what this fund this bill is going to do is not only quote unquote raise money to pay for the green new deal um medicare coverage a host of other things electric vehicles uh, increased corporate tax rates to hopefully pay for some of these things um it will also allow the irs to have more funding which will give it the ability to go out and audit everyday americans audit smaller businesses who can't afford this, um, even audit bigger businesses. And it's very troubling some. And what the reports found, and even the CBO is is confirming this, is that per year starting in 2023, this, this is what this chart shows here, is that tax increases will start to increase per household just alone on the fact that the IRS will be able to collect more um, tax revenues of starting – with 420 going down a little bit and then bumping back up to 520. That's extra money that you could have in your pocket a year, but it's going to go towards taxes because, well, the IRS says so. Then you get into the fact of total monies for people over this period that will be collected with this just on this bill alone, um, 136,000, 36 billion, excuse me, for people making less than 75,000 with, um, those who make less than $25,000 a year at or less than $25,000 being hit somewhat the hardest. And everyone's going to be hit, not just those who make less, but everyone will be hit, high-income, low-income learners, earners. And this, this chart here talks about how um, amongst all wage gaps per year, how much you will be hit um, on top of the potential I with IRS going out and seeking more. Um, starting with 740000 for those who make less than um, 25000 and increasing incrementally from there. Um, and the percentages there shown here, um, whereas those who make less than 25000 are hit the hardest, meaning per their income, they're hit. That $740 hurts them more because they have less to go around. And it would be nice for, okay, you make $25,000 to have that $740 in your pocket. Um Let's say you make between fifty and seventy-five. That's another two grand in your pocket, possibly, um, and so on and so forth. So the the and what's interesting in this is Joe Manchin has come out and said this line. He said that there's not one penny of change in taxes. Government estimates, CBO, the IRS are showing that to be utterly false. And so why is that important? Because even the CBO on some instances is saying that, well, this is going to reduce the deficit by $100 billion. That is not true. And the, the biggest factor in all of this is Kirsten Cinema. And so she has come out, is doing some review, asking some questions about the 15% corporate minimum tax increase, um, and she's reviewing everything. Now, in the past, this is CNN reporting this. Is that she has said in April, uh, she told Arizona Chamber of Commerce, she says, I am unwilling to support any tax policies that would put a break on um, that type of economic growth. Basically, um, 
businesses growing um, that would hurt small businesses and personal growth for American industries. She said, you all know, the entire country knows that I am opposed to raising the corporate tax income. Cinema said that was true yesterday and it's true today. So you're seeing this come out from Curse of Cinema of standing against this bill based upon increasing corporate tax rates. And she has some other problems with um, other parts of the bill, but this is one of the biggest, biggest factors. Now, part of the bill, uh, why it was put forward was because Senator Joe Manchin was going to get a carve out supposedly to be able to have funding and the ability of gas pipelines in West Virginia projects to be able to move along faster. Well, that's being showed by analysis to be false because green group Green energy groups could just challenge them in court and get it stalled and keep it there for as long as they want. Um, you also have the coal industry pointing out that they're shocked and disheartened by um, Joe Manchin's stances on this. You know, why would he do this? This creates problems with 30, upwards of 381,000 jobs that could be um, at potential loss. Because and restrictions due to this, uh, these bills. And Joe Manchin's like, well, you're not going to lose the jobs totally um, outright. He's just, if you've seen interviews with him lately, he's he's kind of uh, mumbling over his, over his words. And he's not his usual self as he was, as being defiant of, no, we're not doing this. Um, he's obviously gone back on his words of some things that he said before. So, um, And the coal industry from uh, West Virginia, I'm trying to remember all the states that actually signed on to this letter. They were giving a lot of complaints and went through in detail some of the problems in this um, in saying that, look, this is this is causes problems. And the biggest thing that they're talking about is is it's it'll prevent innovation um, and basically maintenance for the coal plants as they're going to be continually be needed. Um, but somehow they're still going to have to be operational to as Joe Manchin talks about, uh, give a baseline minimum of energy for the country. Um, the So here it is. The, the, the statement was signed by the president, Chris Hamilton, of the West Virginia Coal Association, along with leaders of Kentucky, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Texas, and Wyoming Mining Association. So that's huge. They're standing up against it now. The big thing here is where does Bernie Sanders stand on all this? There's some reports saying, oh, he signed off on it. Oh, yeah, he's all for it. Actually, he's not. Um, He wants it to go back to the original $6 trillion bill, back better bill, where he wants to add in things like universal pre-K, Medicare expansion to cover dental, vision, and hearing benefits, tuition-free community college, in-home care for elderly, affordable housing funds, um, and so on and so on. So that's where Bernie Sanders is, and he ultimately – he put out this tweet yesterday. He said, now is the time for every member of the Senate to study this bill thoroughly and to come up with amendments and suggestions as to how we can improve it, meaning how can we add more things to this in making sure that he gets what he wants and can cripple the next three to four generations. He has said this. We read it uh, I believe last week, maybe the week before. I can't remember exactly. On this bill is that the these things that are not in there are crippling American taxpayers, and we need them so that we don't cripple them, which is kind of oxymoronic if you think about it of the Lord has showed us that it will cripple the next three to four generations. 
Um, and one interesting, and I'll, I, I'll, I'm going to round out on this, on this story, is one interesting caveat of all of this is in the bill, Joe Manchin made it a priority that if the electric car manufacturers and car were going to do something about it, which this is something uh, Chuck Schumer did not like, was that the in order for the components of the batteries and the cars to be made, that they needed to come from countries who basically had a trade deal with the United States. And that's a huge problem because... 75 to 100 percent of the components for batteries are mined and produced in and out of china they have a monopoly on this they are light years ahead of the world not just the united states in all of this and the ford gm toyota other companies are pushing back against this because they're like look this doesn't help us um in, in order for this bill to go forward and to be operational it would force american car manufacturers to go to countries like australia and chile but they'll be prevented in order to get these tax credits that make these cars somewhat affordable they'd have to go to china russia and the dominican republic of congo to be able to get their actual resources and the reality is is well that's hard to do so they're saying is that, look, you're going to basically make these tax incentives go away, making the cars even less affordable than they already are, um, which just shows the whole hypocrisy of the electric vehicle movement is the only reason they're somewhat affordable is because of taxpayer credits. And there's a host of other issues that need to be found out. I, I have no problem if companies want to go toward down this path, but they should not use taxpayer-funded dollars to be able to do so personal opinion um some people disagree that's fine but um anywhere where there has been government funding things tend to not go very well um for those uh, if if we remember Solyndra under the obama administration how well that worked out um and so we just want to pray for both democrat and republican congressional and senate leaders because remember this will have to go to the house once this is done and confirmed and especially the senate leaders as bernie sanders is hey we need to make this better we need to do do this right as he is driving this agenda whether people realize it or not and the what the lord has shown us is that this will cripple the next three to four generations if we continue to go down this path this was before um president biden was, was really put right as president biden was put in office that we had this dream i'm remembering it now but we just want to pray that this the awakening to those in the Senate and really cinema. Kirsten Cinema is the lone vote. They need these fifty votes as they're doing the reconciliation process. And the the longer she continues to 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 push back against this, the better. Um, getting more senators to, on the Democratic side and hopefully Joe Manchin to stand up for it. And look, that um, caveat to where you know. The car company, car manufacturers need to go towards and find the minerals from uh, free trade partners such as Australia, uh, Austria, and Chile, Argentina, and Chile, excuse me, Australia and Chile, um, rather than China and Russia, might kill the bill. 
um, maybe that's Joe Manchin's way of of like, yeah, I agree with it, but let me put this hurdle in there that makes it basically impossible that no one will really vote for. Um, and Christian Cinema might not vote, most likely won't vote for, due to the fact that it, they're they're trying to throw in everything together. Um, and one thing to I forgot to mention is that Cinema wants um, she doesn't want the tax increase on corporations, but she does want five billion dollars in drought resiliency funding added to the legislation, which whatever that means. Um, so she wants some things taken away, some things added in. And so there's a lot of negotiation that still has to happen. Remember, they want to bring it to vote today or tomorrow. 700-page bill, today or tomorrow. Now Bernie Sanders is saying, we need to add things to it. Well, once you add it, then you got to relook, go over everything again to make sure they didn't add and sneak anything in, in anywhere else. So um, I want to close on that, just making sure we're diligent, letting go of the griefs of the past, things that would cause us to not stay focused, um, whether it's a victory or a loss, uh, uh, in reminding ourselves that this battle is not in flesh and blood, that, that the Lord is calling on us to pray for our leaders. And, and as we're sitting here with a president who, who does things like executive orders for using federal dollars for abortions, is, is a time to be on our knees praying now and praying not only for our current leaders but future leaders to be awakened and, and as we come towards these midter- midterms and ending out the primary seasons uh, of for voters to actually get out and vote and again that was a big issue in kansas is you didn't have those who went out who could have said yes we stand for life let's put it on the state constitution could they retry could they rewrite it Possibly there were some reports saying that it was very vague and confusing of how they wrote it on the um, the ballot, which is why it's more important to understand what you're voting for before you go in sometimes because they can it can be very confusing. So um, I want to end on that note. And tomorrow, just kind of heads up, um, we'll close out this week here on Morning Briefing, but then on Noon Prayer, we're hoping – to be able to have a report from our team's travel in um, in Scotland and visiting the place uh, of the Welsh Revival. And so just kind of building on, if you saw yesterday, last night's service uh, from Ray Sattler, of just building on the testimonies of revival, of tapping into something that the Lord, He wants to pour out. Um, his holy spirit upon the earth and it's, it's going to start in the church it's going to start with a revival in each and one of our lives not just because we went to some meeting but because we had a heart change of turning back to the father and doing what jesus said going and sinning no more um so i'll close on that blessings to each and every one of you and we'll see you guys tomorrow have a good one